DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. It is time to talk BYU football right now with David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst, former BYU linebacker. David, good morning. Hey, what's going on, fellas? There are many things going on. When a team is 8-0, and everything about the team is interesting. When a team is, you know, 1-7 and or whatever, and it's like, ah, these guys suck. Nobody really wants to break down why they suck. But when they're good, people want to break it down. But before we get to that, I'm just curious, how much did you expect what you saw Friday night, and how much were you surprised by the way it turned into a complete blowout? I mean, I think we were all hoping that would be the result, be able to go out there and dominate, and, and especially with them trying to climb in the polls and, and continue to be relevant in this national landscape. Uh, but I didn't expect it. I thought it would be a closer game. I mean, all the games up there on the blue turf have been close games, uh, and frankly down here in Provo as well. So it's, it's similar to the youth, right? These rivalry games can go either way. Uh, and, and so I figured it's another year where you have a ranked Boise State team and, and keep it close, but – from the get-go, uh, you, you could tell that BYU is out on a mission, and, and that's what this team's been doing all year. Um, you know, in the past, they've kind of played down to opponents and also played up to opponents like we saw with USC uh, last year. Uh, but this season is just different. I mean, they just go out there and they completely dominate. Uh, they're, they're not uh, lazy on, uh, you know, whether they're facing a UTSA or Texas State or Western Kentucky. Uh, but these guys come in locked in every week, uh, week in, week out, and they take care of business. I think that's the biggest difference with this team this year, and I think a lot of it has to do with senior leadership uh, and, frankly, I think coaching. I think I give credit to Kalani and his staff for what they've done so far this year with these kids uh, because, honestly, it's been pretty impressive. So I want to ask a question from the defensive perspective but involve offense. And what I mean by off of BYU's offense is really clicking, obviously. So what difference does that make in terms of changes that you might be able to do? Maybe do some more creative stuff defensively because you know essentially your offense has your back. Now conversely, flip that because Boise State immediately was down to its third-team quarterback, so they probably weren't going to have success offensively. How does that change their defensive plan? Yeah, I, I think, uh, in fact, Elisa Tuyaki mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Uh, somebody asked him, hey, why is it this year you're getting so much more pressure uh, than, than we've seen in years past? And he kind of alluded to it. didn't throw him completely under the bus, but basically alluded to the offense. The fact that the, the offense this year for BYU is putting up more points, and they're more productive than they have been in years past. And so it allows the defensive staff to be more aggressive. Uh, because in years past, I think they felt like if they went in and they, they took a gamble and they got burned on it for a touchdown – they weren't very confident that this offense could, could respond and put up more points and, uh, and, and kind of put it back in a position to be equal or, or take the lead. And so I think this, this defense has been pretty tentative over the years uh, because the offense just hasn't really put the points that haven't been as productive. Uh, but now the, the tides turn. I think they have so much confidence in Zach and this offense. They say, listen, we can take gambles. If we get burned on them, so be it. Because, uh, you know, Zach's going to turn around and, and put points on the board. And, and I remember that being the case in my day, too, with John Beck and Max Hall. Uh, we could afford to take chances because we had so much confidence in the offense to go out there and put up points. Uh, and I think that's what you're seeing this year. And so it really opens up the whole playbook for, for the defense. And then offensively it opens the playbook because you got so much confidence that, yeah, if, if you take a couple of gambles, they don't pay off. It's all right. You got the next series to come out there and, and keep doing your thing. So uh, it's, it's been a, it's, it's been a fun season. I, like I said, you look at the trick plays, uh, the, the offense, you look at this last game, uh, they lined up Tyler Algier, the wing back, did some flight sweeps to him. They did a lot of max protection to allow Zach some time to, to attack him downfield. Uh, it, was, it was a fun game plan that they put together and, of course, just absolutely dominated him. 
Let's not talk anymore about the offense. Those pretty boys get all the credit all the time, don't you think, David? <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, I 100% so. agree. David Nixon, former BYU linebacker, joining us. Uh, this secondary, if you compare it to other secondaries of the last 10 or 20 years, where would you rank it? How? Because I was watching that Boise game thinking – and, and you're getting a backup quarterback who I think is a quality a starter-level guy, so I didn't really think it going into the game, you know, oh, Jack Sears is the backup. Yeah, well, he's probably good enough to be the starter. But then they go to the third guy, and I'm like, okay, now this guy's not getting reps and hasn't played, and there's probably a drop-off here. So how much is the secondary really good? How does it compare to other years? How much is it circumstances? I, I've said before, I think this is Julia's strongest secondary they've had in decades. Uh and, and a lot of those dudes to the experience. I mean, keep in mind that three of the four guys, Dane Anderson, Troy Warner, Chris Wilcox, did not play last year uh, because of injuries. So they, they sat out last year, but these are guys that have been two, three or starters. Uh, and so you sit out a whole year, you learn more about the defense. Obviously, you get you know, older and wiser uh, when it comes to the game itself. Uh, and you have a whole year to sit there and watch more film and, and try to figure out the game. And they come back this year and they've been absolutely, you know, uh, fantastic, amazing on their side of the ball with what they've done in that secondary. And and what I like about it, we saw this in the Boise State game, BYU now has the ability, I feel like we've talked about this in weeks past, but they now have the ability to go from zone to man, back to zone, uh, and, and it allows that front seven, the defensive line and linebackers, to really be uh, aggressive with, with their rushing and, and what they're able to do. Uh, and so this secondary is huge, and the ability to, to switch up the looks uh, and, and switch up the play calling I think has been probably the most beneficial thing because you've got veterans back there that know what they're doing. You, that coaching staff can expect for those four guys, the DBs, to be in the right spots at the right time. And how about George Udo? It's, the freshman comes in, he's played fantastic. He had a great uh, PBU in the end zone uh, there against Boise State, and, and he's been a force uh, in the run game as well to come up and, and force the run. So it's been fun. I, I think it's, like I said, I think it's one of the better secondaries. And, and because of their experience, it, it opens up the playbook for the defensive staff to bring some pressures because they got confidence they got guys in the back end that will be able to defend and, and not allow the big deep balls. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. And Chris Wilcox, he's one guy that keeps jumping off the film. Uh, he had a big PBU that he, he guarded the receiver and it drug all the way across the whole field. And then he goes in right at the sideline and, and breaks up the pass with his upfield shoulder. I mean, just great technique all around. So, uh, it's fun to watch those guys and, and they're, they're producing. You, know, you look at BYU, the pressure they're putting on the sacks and the turnovers. Uh, I think a lot of it's because of that secondary. So you look at week nine in the NFL, uh, and maybe I'm missing somebody, but I got four linebackers playing, if not starting, out of BYU and Taki Taki and Longy and Van Noy and Warner, and that's a pretty good representation. And back in your day, there was a bunch of them that played in the NFL also. So when you look at this group of linebacking core, do you see some NFL guys? I think Payne Wilgar, just a youngster, just a sophomore, uh, I think he's a player. Uh, Peely, uh, Keenan Peely, he continues to, to show up on top of the tackles each week, uh, week in and week out. And so that's a kid who has some ability, especially that middle linebacker spot. Uh, but Isaiah Kapusi, I think Isaiah Kapusi will have a shot. I think for him it comes down to what his 40 time looks like. Uh, I think that will either you know, get him drafted or, or you know, depending on how he runs, uh, he'll be a free agent. But um, I think he's got the knack for the ball and those instincts that are, you know, are tough to come by. But, yeah, I think all those guys will have shots. Like I said, some are younger than others. Uh, but it is nice to see this BYU team, this defense, having some playmakers there at the linebacker spot. Uh, and I think what's impressive about this whole defense is they're in the right spots at the right time. And, and you don't have guys trying to do too much. Everyone's doing their assignment. 
uh, and it results in, in what they're doing right now. I mean, Boise State only rushed for 61 yards. Uh, BYU completely shut them down, made them one-dimensional, uh, and, and really shut down the whole offense. And they had 310 total yards, 249 passing yards. Uh, but a lot of that came off kind of scrub minutes when they put up those couple touchdowns, those big chunk plays. So um, credit to this BYU defense because they've stepped up. I know the offense and Zach Wilson and, you know, Gunnar Romney, Dax Mill, all these big names you hear about, uh, they get a lot of attention. But, you know, that, that defense has been stellar this year, and, and they're, they're getting rewarded. They're a top-ten defense in the country right now. So, you know, it was uh, quite a big deal when Bronco started talking about, uh, you know, and I don't know, maybe he was burned out on four- and five-star prima donnas and maybe got burned by a high-end quarterback. But, you know, he wanted the, the gutty underachiever, and the team didn't have a lot of NFL guys. This team looks like it has a big number of NFL guys, certainly by BYU standards, but I really think by anybody's standards. How many NFL guys, and you can include the pretty boys on the offensive side of the ball now if you want, how many, how many guys do you think are absolutely NFL guys? And then in the next group, how many are maybe NFL guys, but certainly good college players, but maybe NFL guys? If you could give us, kind of put guys in those two groups. Well, I'll start offensively. Uh, of course, Zach Wilson, that's a no-brainer. Uh, I'd be interested to see if Gunnar Romney goes out this year with the numbers he's putting up and, and what he's doing out there in the film he's showing. Uh, you know, we talked about Zach leaving early, but Gunnar's only a junior. Uh, I sometimes think about him, whether he wants to go early, kind of like an Austin Collie we saw when Austin left early. Um, so we'll see about that. And then offensive line, I mean, Brady Christensen, uh, he's a no-brainer. I think he goes as well as an underclassman as a junior. Uh, James Impey, uh, the, the center position, I know he's been banged up a little bit this year, but he's just a junior. Uh, who knows if he goes? Uh, so there's a lot of these underclassmen. There's, there's not really a lot of seniors on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but, I, I mean, there's four names right there that, that are underclassmen that, that uh, you know, when I say underclassmen, they're juniors. Uh, that he may may have an opportunity to go. Uh, Matt Bushman, of course, who's not playing this year. He's, he's already declared that he's going. Uh, but defensively, of course, Kyrus Tonga, uh, he, there's no doubt he'll have a shot. The question is what round he goes in. I think he'll be uh, – I'll tell you what, one play that this stuck out to me was the, when he caused a fumble against Boise State. And I mentioned on our After Further Review show on BOE TV yesterday that uh, he, he made himself some money. And, and I know we mentioned in our pregame show that there were a lot of NFL scouts at this game, at that Boise State game. And they were all there probably looking to look at Zach. But what Kyrus Tonga did, he rushed the quarterback, he was double teamed, and then he retraced, came up the field, and stripped the quarterback from behind to cause a fumble eight yards down the field. I mean, that's big time for a big nose tackle uh, to show kind of his range and his ability to pursue. So. I think uh, I think his his draft stock continues to rise. And then we talked about the secondary. I think Troy Warner, uh, for him, it's going to be also his 40 times, similar to Isaiah Kafusi, what 40 time he puts out there. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Chris Wilcox, with how tall he is, how long he is, I think he'll definitely have a shot. Uh, and then Isaiah Kafusi. So, you know, I think you look at this team, I think there's probably seven, eight guys, maybe nine that are in play. Uh, you know, per BYU tradition, because the return missionaries are a couple years older, uh, that kind of knack and that, that BYU gets. Uh, I think probably only half those get drafted, and the other half end up as free agents and and hopefully make camp. So um, we'll see. But it's it's. A, I mean, listen, when you go undefeated and and you've got your top ten, it sure helps everyone on the whole team, uh, including these seniors, to to get looks and potentially get drafted. 
So you talk about uh, Katonga making some more money by the way he played. Now, this is a general question. It doesn't pertain particularly to BYU. Obviously, it involves BYU. But I've been saying this all along as some of these conferences in the Pac-12, they're running through the COVID thing, and there's been games being canceled with the possibility of more games being canceled this week and next week and so forth and so on. And my thought is, hey, if you have to, because with class being online, yeah, like for instance, the Cal situation. If you got to move out of Cal, out of Berkeley to get these guys out on the field, it seems like well, some of these folks you you can't do that because that's just a bad look. These guys are not professionals. But yet you speak of guys having this opportunity to make money, and you were in that exact same situation, getting out on the field, showing these NFL people what you can do, and you were able to cash it in and play some in the NFL. To me, every week is a job audition, and I think we're overlooking the fact that some of these guys need to be out on the field to get some film that NFL people can look at them and so it's not such a big deal and so uh, unusual or maybe against what it should be that if they have to go to another town and just do school online these are job auditions they need to be out on the field 100% 100% you got to find a way to play a game and that's why I think BYU fans feel so fortunate that they've played eight games so far this year right I mean it's uh, and Kalani mentioned that week in and week out in his presser. It's just like, man, we, we, we're so grateful for one more opportunity because, to your point, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams, including Utah last week, a lot of teams are getting canceled uh, week in and week out, especially as these cases continue to rise. So, uh, you know, beyond that, you're right. I mean, every, every week for, for college football is an audition, and it's one more opportunity to go out there and prove that uh, you should be drafted higher or you should make more money or whatever it may be. And so – uh, when usually that's not really on your radar, that freshman, sophomore, maybe even junior year. But a lot of these kids, when you're seniors, uh, you know, you're still, of course, playing for the team. But you have it back in the mind that, listen, i got to get my stats. <laughs> and, and I think that's actually good for the team because it, it provides some motivation for a lot of these guys. And so uh, if you're a school, you got to find a way to showcase. And, of course, the school's the interests are aligned here, right? The schools know that they need to make some money uh, by putting these kids on the field. That's how the programs make money. And so – uh, I think I think like I said, the interests are aligned there. It's just it's just find a way to make it happen. And if you're Cal, I saw that news come out as well. Uh, you you know create your own bubble, whatever it may be. You got to find a way to play on Saturdays because nobody gets paid if you're not. David Nixon joining us, BYU TV, former BYU linebacker, and for the next three minutes, the BYU athletic director. That's right. Move over, Tom Homo. David Nixon's calling the shots. Question we've been debating here. Now that the Cougars are eight and zero and ranked eighth in the country, and I gotta be, I gotta say, I'm surprised when they redid the schedule late August, early September. I didn't think they could get this much mileage out of this schedule, but they've won. They've blown almost everybody out. UTSA is the exception. They are eighth in the country. I thought for sure that they would slash should add a game in either Thanksgiving weekend or that first week in December when they have back to back buys. But PK brought this up that maybe they shouldn't. They've gotten so much mileage, they've positioned themselves well for the New Year's Six. We're seeing some of the national riders already matching them up, theoretically, in games. Uh, and those guys probably are flying blind. They've probably talked to somebody, have a little bit of a hint what, what they think about the Cougar team. So you, temporary AD David Nixon, would you add a game in that double, those back-to-back bye weeks? So I'll be honest, I am literally split on this decision right now. And I've I'm, I'm, I'm debated out both scenarios uh, at length. Here's the thing. Uh, you, you obviously want to make the New Year six. And that's something that BYU hasn't done for, I mean, in independence. And it's been decades. Um, and, and so 
you're, you've got the national relevance now. Why go mess it up? That's, I think that's one argument, right? Why go mess it up and schedule uh, Cincinnati or um, even a Marshall, one of these teams that could, you could slip up and, and basically ruin your season, right? Especially when that payday, when you're an independent, keep in mind that payday on the New Year's Six, that all goes to, to BYU. You don't have to split it with your conference. Uh, but that payday is a big deal for BYU, especially in a year uh, when, when COVID and layoffs and everything else are, is going on. And that's a huge boost to the athletic program. Uh, so that's one, that's one dilemma. And then the other one is saying, okay, do we want to, do we want to try and make the, the next jump to, to try to push our way into the playoff? Um, and, and if you do, then you have to go play a Cynthia or a Marshall or even some type of P5 that gets canceled because of COVID. Uh, and, and once again, that could spoil your season. But the flip side of that is, you know, you go play a, you go play a, a Clemson or an Alabama there as the number four seed versus the one seed. Uh, and a lot of people are saying, well, you get thrashed. Like, that wouldn't even be fun. It wouldn't be competitive. Listen, if there's any year to do it, it's this year because we've seen with Clemson and Trevor Lawrence being out because of COVID. Uh, you never know what's going to happen come, come game time, right? You never know if somebody's going to get COVID again and next year the, the playing field's level. So it's just a weird year. I, I, me, just inside of caution, I'd probably say play out your schedule. Maybe you get one more team in there, uh, maybe another Conference USA or, or you know, a MAC team, or, or not MAC, but, uh, you know, one of these other conferences. Uh, to play, and then you just play out your schedule, and you move on to New Year's Six. That that'd be my thing. But that's if you're Tom, you want to get a little more risky. Why not roll the dice a little bit and and go up against, try to schedule one of these Cincy's or Marshalls, one of these teams uh, that would benefit both teams, right? I mean, if you look at Marshall and Cincy, they'd be BYU. That's a huge boost to them as well. So uh, I think both athletic uh, directors would would bring it on. But um, I don't know. I err on the side of just keeping the schedule as it is. And you mentioned it, right, um, DJ? I mean. The reason BYU's ranked as high as they are this year is because they're taking care of business. It's not like they're barely eking out wins right here and right now. They're, they're, they're dominating. And Kirk Herbstreit mentioned the same thing. He goes, listen, these guys, they can't control their schedule, uh, and, and they just play the teams that are there, but they're absolutely dominating them. And so that's why I think everyone's taking notice of this BYU team. Um, and at, like I said at the beginning of the show, that, I think that's the most impressive thing about this team is that they're not playing down to their opponents. And they're not playing up. Uh, they've just been playing up consistently, and, and they go out there – and they dominate week in, week out, uh, which is a sign of, a, obviously, a really good team. I have a good level of confidence they'll get in that New Year's Day, but it's not New Year's Day, but uh, we call it that, the New Year's Six this year if they go 10-0 and zero, because I think that Zach Wilson is a sexy name in college football. I think people want to see different teams rather than seeing the same teams every time, and so I feel very confident. What's your level of confidence? I'm pretty confident as well. I think, uh, once again, with, with the attention BYU's gotten this year, I think any type of New Year's Six bowl game will want to have BYU there. The, the bummer is you saw kind of projections come out yesterday that potentially a BYU versus Cincy game on the New Year's Six, which, which I think is robbing all college football fans. I think everybody wants to see kind of the, the little guy go up against the P5 and, and beat them, right? And they just the more chaos in this whole college football playoff and bowl games, I think the better. Because of course, I mean, I'm one. I think everybody's on the same boat. In the same boat, they want to have an expanded playoff, maybe get up to eight teams. And so, the more the the you know the, the smaller guys can beat up the bigger guys, the better. Uh, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But I, I am pretty confident. Like I said, especially with what BYU's done, and I think they'll continue to roll through North Alabama and San Diego State. Um, and I think they'll definitely have a shot. It's, well, and especially because these teams at the front of them are going to continue to beat each other up. Look what happened to Georgia last week, right? You know, you jumps Georgia because they got uh, beat up, and so. Um, there'll still be some, some teams lose here and there. And, and once again, because of COVID, your star quarterback, Mac Jones, Alabama, could go out uh, with COVID. And you just don't know. And next thing you know, they're taking a, taking a loss. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And 
Same thing with BYU. Obviously, they can get hit with the COVID bug. So far, they've been able to avoid it. Um, and the fact that they played seven straight games, it's just unbelievable. Uh, and, and, and credit to the players, something we don't talk about a lot, credit to the players for being disciplined and, and staying away from the parties and, and making sure they social distance and, and wear their mask and do everything because they realize, going back to our conversation earlier, they realize it's one more audition for them with these NFL scouts to get out there and show what they can do. So um, fortunate, to, fortunate to have played eight games so far this year and hopefully we get two more, maybe, maybe one more. We'll see. You know, the only thing I disagree with you there is uh, you want to see the little guy beat up the big guy. I want to see that, but the people who control this are the big guys, and they don't want to see that, and they're going to prevent it by making sure big guys play big guys and little guys play little guys. That way, they, the last thing they need is for BYU to take down a Pac-12 champ and Cincinnati to take down a Big 12 champ. They, they don't want any part of that. No, of course not. And that's the same thing they did to TCU Boise State a few years back. Yep. Yeah, they don't play each other. So, yeah. yeah, so uh, it would suck if that happened. Uh, hopefully it doesn't. But, uh, listen, New Year's 6 and New Year's 6, like I said, the payout's big time. I think BYU would obviously welcome that. And, uh, you know, you at least mark that one down and, and potentially go undefeated this year. I mean, that'd be huge for recruiting and moving forward with the program for sure. Well, David, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. And we will uh, we'll talk to you going forward. Okay, sounds good. Take care, folks.